Stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, visit www.3cr.org.au. Because we got the alternative energy right. making our free autonomy. And welcome to the Radioactive Show, produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne and heard nationally on the Community Radio Network. Hi, my name is Mara. This episode of the Radioactive Show was recorded and produced on Wurundjeri and Ghana land for 3CR Melbourne. On this week's show, we speak with Friends of the Earth's National Nuclear Campaigner, Dr Jim Green, about the latest developments on the federal government's push for a radioactive waste facility in South Australia. We also hear the speech given by Kimber farmer James Shepherdson at the rally held recently in Kimber. Let's listen to his speech now. I'd like to make clear that in no way does this protest reflect any direct personal malice towards any individual of the Kimber community. As this is a national issue, the purpose of this rally is to inform the wider community of South Australia and the rest of the country of just how corrupt this federal process has been. For those of you who may not know, the initial undertaking of this process was when our own federal member, Rowan Ramsey, nominated his own land for a national radioactive waste dump with no community consent. However, surprise, surprise, there was a very obvious conflict of interest considering he was a federal member. And in his hindsight wisdom, withdrew his nomination. However, whilst the community were informed of his decision, two other landholders had already, in, had already been encouraged to put forward their land, again, with no community consent. Information had also become available regarding landowners being offered monetary incentives, that being four times their nominated land values. As the process continued, it was more and more obvious that our community was divided. After very little debate and much government-defined consultation and a telephone vote, the then Minister Josh Frydenberg conceded there was not enough support and therefore the process would not continue. It would now appear as though the government had acted upon the best wishes of the people and Kimber could now return back to the cohesive community that it always was. Little did we know, however, that the government guidelines for land nominations had been changed, allowing for two more nominations to come forward under a much more favourable set of guidelines. Guess what? Again, with no community consent. For this federal government to presume that it's okay, firstly to bribe an individual landowner is extremely unethical. Furthermore, for this to take place prior to any community consent whatsoever is highly irresponsible. Let us also not overlook the fact that there is state legislation deeming the construction of such a radioactive waste dump illegal in South Australia. Our beautiful state and productive farming land is being, by this federal government, 
regarded as nothing but a second-class part of Australia, viewed as good for nothing but a dumping ground for toxic waste. The sole objective of this federal government has been to obtain a site, regardless of the social impacts. And yet we are supposed to take comfort in constantly being reminded by the Minister that this facility will not be imposed on an unwilling community. And yet through just two landowners and one federal minister, we are left dealing with the fallout of this corrupt process. Minister Canavan and his department may well have the gift of persuasive speak. However, I know, you know, and for those out there who may not know, this process has been nothing but imposed on us. For the entire four years that we've been unintentionally involved, we've had our community intercepted by department-selected experts and so-called fact sheets informing us of how such a dump will be a great new industry. We are promised of how many jobs will be created, and yet these employment figures are all based on assumptions. The department inform us on how safe the facility will be, and yet completely overlook the multiple mishaps occurring at Anstow every year. We are also told the facility will never handle high-level radioactive waste, and therefore the most toxic waste to be at the site will be classified by Australian standards as intermediate-level waste. And yet this very same waste in most other countries is classified as high-level radioactive waste. We've been granted financial incentives by this federal government to potentially accept this waste. And rather than wise investment into job-creating local industry, we've had our community benefit funds spent on projects hand-selected by the government's department for the sole purpose of procuring more yes votes. We have also had obligated funds, unavailable and suggested unobtainable by the Minister at the time of allocation, and yet the announcement of such funds being miraculously available just days prior to the recent vote. We have community supporting members of this district living only several kilometres from the proposed sites, and yet they have been selected to have no right to vote. We have the traditional owners the bungalow people, granted native title on this very land we stand on, and yet they also have been selected to have no right to vote. We have Minister Canavan constantly using the terminology of consultation. However, I put to you now, Minister, that you have not consulted this community. Your department has, however, groomed this community into a sense of obligation to support this outrageous proposal. As for the timing of yesterday's announcement by the Minister that the site for this facility had been selected only demonstrates just one more example of the way this community has been treated with total disrespect by this government. <laughs> Minister Canavan has always required broad community support. The term broad in the Macquarie Dictionary states, of great breadth, of great size, large, widely spread, open and full. Your federal government con job minister has been nothing but a premeditated, department controlled campaign of manipulation 
consisting of mistruths, hypocrisy, and undisclosed agendas. The total disrespect from this minister and his department is an absolute bloody disgrace. The job of this department was to find the most appropriate, appropriate location, which does exist somewhere in Australia. But we're telling you now, Minister Canavan, that it sure is not Kimber. Your federal government con job, Minister, has been nothing but a premeditated, department-controlled campaign of manipulation consisting of mistruths, hypocrisy and undisclosed agendas. The total disrespect from this Minister and his department is an absolute bloody disgrace. The job of this department was to find the most appropriate, appropriate location which does exist somewhere in Australia. But we're telling you now, Minister Canavan, that it sure is not Kimber. You're listening to The Radioactive Show, broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. 3CR subscriber drivers now on. Please support independent media makers like the Radioactive Show team by subscribing to the local radio station where you hear our show. Or you can directly support the Radioactive Show by becoming a sub subscriber to our show. Go to 3cr.org.au slash subscribe and select the Radioactive Show in the program drop-down menu. Your support really makes a difference. We just heard the speech given by Kimber farmer James Shepherdson at the rally held recently in Kimber. Thanks to filmmaker Kim Mathematis for the audio recording. Next, we'll hear from Friends of the Earth's national nuclear campaigner, Dr Jim Green, about the latest developments in the federal government's push to site a radioactive waste facility near Kimber in South Australia. Hi Jim, thanks for joining us on the show today. Yeah, that's a pleasure, Mara. So there's lots going on in Dumpland or South Australia at the moment. Can you give us a bit of an update of what's been going on since the Flinders site got taken off the table, fantastically, um, in December last year? Yeah, well, it was a bit of a shallow victory, uh, the Flinders site getting taken off the list for a national nuclear waste dump because that meant it was all the more likely that one of the two sites near Kimber on the Air Peninsula would be targeted. And that's what's happened. The uh, Federal Resource Minister, Matt Canavan, announced last week that uh, a site called Nappendy near Kimber will be uh, the site for Australia's National Nuclear Waste Dump. But it's not a done deal, and things change very quickly, not least the fact that uh, Mitt Canavan resigned his position in the ministry, and he's been replaced by Keith Pitt and... Uh, for people who don't know who Keith Pitt is, if you think Barnaby Joyce level of crazy, <laughs> well, Keith Pitt is Barnaby Joyce on steroids. He's you know, a firm disbeliever in climate science. I think it was Keith Pitt who was on uh, in the media just this week saying he doesn't believe in climate change and no, he hasn't read any of the relevant scientific literature but doesn't believe it anyway. He's stridently pro-coal, stridently pro-nuclear power and uh, it will be his responsibility to 
usher through this nuclear waste dump uh, and we don't think he will be very smart about it so it could work in our favour but anyway that's where we're at uh, you know and again away it's good because we've got one side to fight we've got um, you know a minister who's probably not up to the task and uh, there's a lot of energy to pursue this as well. Mm. So that's um, a bit of an overview. Let's drill down into that a little bit. Um, so in December, we got the results of the um, Flinders Rangers ballot, and that was a definite no to the waste dump there. And the next day, Minister Canavan said that he was no longer considering the site, Wallabadina Station, in the Flinders Rangers for the radioactive waste facility. So that left us with the two Kimber sites, Lindhurst and Napandi. And the Kimber community called a rally, which was held last Sunday, the 2nd of February. That was the first rally ever in Kimber about the waste dump issue. And you were there. Tell me about the rally. Yeah, it was great fun. Um, there was 250 to 300 people there. So that's a, a really strong turnout uh, for a small town like Kimber. Um, mostly locals, but quite a few people came from Adelaide and Port Augusta and elsewhere. Uh, and it was really strong as well as the strong uh, turnout. I just felt there was a lot of energy there and the Kimber community, even though they've been at this nuclear dump issue for five years and yes, they are tired and uh, and distinctly unhappy about being nominated as a site for the National Nuclear Dump, but you know, they're going to keep fighting uh, and so that's really promising, I think. Yeah, it's really good. And it's the fight is a long way from over yet. Now that um, the minister has picked a site, um, that um, brings us to the point where we were with Muckety, um when a site was selected. And then several years on, we stopped that and then it came back to South Australia. So it's by no means lost. Um, so it was interesting, I thought, that the minister, minister Can- former Minister Canavan, made his decision on the Napandi site a day or two before the Kimber rally and at first it sort of seemed to look at least to me that it was a bit spiteful making a decision on the site just before the rally but then it turned out that he was hitching his cart to the Barnaby Joyce wagon and has like left the ministership so that leaves us with Keith Pitt who you mentioned before as the new minister which is the sixth person holding the ministership since um, Muckety in mid-2014, since we won that. So there's lots of changes in the ministership um, and the revolving door. Um, Where do you think we go from here? Yeah, there are so many different aspects to the campaign to stop this. There will certainly be a state parliamentary inquiry, and we're doing a lot of work to lobby state politicians. Uh, There will possibly or probably be a Senate inquiry, and so we're working with uh, uh, with federal politicians on that on that option. And uh, the Bangla traditional owners are fighting. They were excluded from the community ballot. Uh, so they conducted their own professional independent ballot, which found 100% opposition to the nuclear waste dump amongst Bangla traditional owners. Uh, they've got one court case in train, and that will possibly be resolved on the 21st of February. And we read in the paper that they've got another legal option uh, in train as well. So we'll have to see how that unfolds. And there's the South Australian law banning nuclear waste dumps. So we need to pressure the state government uh, to uphold that law and to fight the federal government. There have been many positive aspects of the, uh, 
of the response to the Minister's decision last week, but one of the disappointing ones was that the South Australian Government seems to be rolling over for a tummy tickle. The South Australian <laughs> Liberals work, working in cahoots with the Federal Coalition Government. And this is despite this is despite the legislation that was in South Australia that bans radioactive waste facility that was actually brought in by a Liberal government in 2000. But now that we've got a federal coalition government, the South Australian state Liberal government are just backing them rather than standing up for the legislation that their predecessors put in place. Yeah, but all of these things can be changed and will be changed. Mm. You know, back in the year 2000, it was the state Liberal government introducing legislation despite the fact that it was the federal Liberal Howard government that was pushing to dump in South mm. Australia. So, you know, we can certainly change these things. And if we go back to that proposal to dump in South Australia under the Howard government, you know, initially there was no response at all. There wasn't a response from the state state Liberal government or even the state Labor opposition. There wasn't a community response. All that had to be built up from the ground up, and, and it happened, and it turned into a juggernaut such that the Howard government had to back off. So uh, everything can be changed, and it's not a done deal, and this campaign can certainly be won. There's just a lot of work to do. There is a long way to go. Now that um, there is a site that has been named, that's Napandi in the Kimber district, um, do you think there'll be more information released by the government about potential transport routes? Because one of the things they've been saying is that they don't need to consult the transport routes and the people along those areas because they didn't have a site yet and that would come later. Do you think that now that it has been named as Napandi, as the preferred site by the government, do you think that the um, communities along those transport routes will be consulted by the government? And if not, obviously they will be um, consulted by the people who are opposing the proposal. Um, but do you think this um, is an opportunity in a way to kind of broaden the um, ge- geographic region of people who will be affected and who step up and st- say no to this? Yeah, it's definitely an opportunity. If history is any guide, there won't be any consultation from the government. The gu- government will simply produce documents outlining uh, transport options and possible routes and that will be the beginning and end of their consultation. But as you suggested, opponents, including environment groups, will be contacting council communities along transport corridors and informing them of the risks and the problems. Uh, So, you know, that will happen. Uh, Historically, one of the biggest hurdles for any federal government issuing these plans is the Blue Mountains, because there's a fabulous community there, and they don't want nuclear waste unnecessarily trucked through their community, and they don't want to be any part of dodgy dump plans, whether it's... uh, a plan to dump on farming land against the unanimous opposition of traditional owners, as is currently the case, or, or the divisive plan to dump it at in the Northern Territory. Uh, so, you know, they've been really strong, and uh, that's the first port of call for any nuclear waste being trucked west from the uh, Anstow site south of Sydney. Mm. So, yeah, lots of work to do on the transport corridor. Yeah, which is... Um, all over Australia potentially because it is Australia's waste and it is a national issue despite it being literally dumped on South Australia. Yeah, well, it is a national issue, uh, but, you know, the government talks about 100 sites with nuclear waste currently being stored. I doubt that that's accurate. I think like so many other factoids the government comes up with, they just suck it out of their thumb and make it up. Mm. But um, the important point is that according to the now former Minister Matt Canavan, 
93% of the waste is from ANSTO, and ANSTO is the Australian Nuclear Science and Technology Organisation, and they run a small nuclear research reactor and various other facilities at Lucas Heights, which is 30k south of Sydney. So 93% of the waste is from Lucas Heights, and that's where it should stay. You know, people say the waste has to go somewhere. Well, it is. It is somewhere. It's at, it's at Lucas Heights. That's where... Australia's nuclear expertise is concentrated. That's where they're much better placed to deal with accidents, which are inevitable. That's where they have far greater security than could ever apply to a a remote dump site. So, you know, the waste has to go somewhere. It is somewhere. It's at Lucas Heights. Leave it there. And the whole idea of double handling of the intermediate level waste is expensive, unnecessary, risky and... Just a bit silly, I think, moving it for interim storage, which might be up to 100 years, to Kimber, and then at some point in the future, some government's going to have to figure out a permanent disposal option. Why move it twice? It makes no sense at all. Yeah, so they're planning uh, permanent disposal of the low-level waste, but the the long-lived intermediate-level waste, that is destined for deep underground disposal, and that's not what they're planning at Kimber. They're simply planning to store it above ground at Kimber while they find a location for a deep underground dump and build that dump and overcome community opposition to any such dump proposal. So it will be stored above ground uh, in Kimber indefinitely uh, for decades, possibly for centuries, possibly forever. And this is, as you say, this is the silliest aspect of the whole proposal because uh, an overwhelming majority of that waste, well over 90%, is currently stored at Lucas Heights and uh, it should definitely stay there. Mm. And, uh, you know, one of the threads to this whole unfolding issue is formal government processes, an environmental assessment, a regulatory assessment. They are generally ticker box exercises and we will participate in them but with no real... Uh, delusions that they're serious processes or that they could upend the whole process but the proposal for to move intermediate level waste from Lucas Heights to Kimber is just so crazy that I don't think the government would be confident that the regulator the regulator the usually fairly supine regulator will will endorse that because it just makes absolutely no sense and it's indefensible yeah so we are still quite a long way from anything, you know, them starting to dig the first hole to build the facility because, as you say, it still needs to go through several approval processes. So one is the federal environmental approval aspect through the Environmental Protection and Biodiversity Conservation Act because nuclear actions are a trigger of that act. So if the proposal gets through that um, federal environmental approval, then it gets... um, it has to go through the federal regulator um, licensing process. And as I understand it, there's at least two different licensing um, processes that need to be undertaken, one for the low-level waste um, permanent disposal and one for the storage of intermediate-level waste. And Carl Magnus Larson, the CEO of RPANS, Australia's nuclear regulator, has said that RPANS may grant one of those licences both or neither. So there is a still long way to go and it will be... Um, at least two or three years before um, any of that's finished. Yeah, that's right. And when you're talking about timeframes of several years, that means there will be another state election and we would anticipate that this will be a contentious issue at the next state election. There will be a federal election 
and we need federal labour to show some backbone and then that will mean this is, doesn't have bipartisan support and it will be more newsworthy and more contentious. So yeah, there's a long way to go, including state and federal elections before this is, before this is finished off. Mm. So what's your preferred way forward, Jim? Uh, well, you know, you always hope for the best. In an absolutely ideal world, uh, the Bangla traditional owners will win their court case on February 21st and I'll be drafted to the Port Adelaide Footy Club to the <laughs> forward flank in the AFL. Highly likely. Yeah, that's the best case scenario, but, you know, the courts can only interpret the law. They're, they're not moral arbiters, uh, so we're not confident the bungalow will win their court case, but still it will shine a spotlight on the crude, ugly racism associated with this dump proposal. It's just scarcely believable that even a, a coalition federal government would try to impose a dump despite the unanimous opposition of the Aboriginal traditional owners. Mm. So, you know... Uh, there's just so many threads to this, and we're always confident because we've won all of these campaigns before. This will be the fourth time uh, we've tried to knock over a nuclear waste dump proposal, and we've won the previous three. So we always feel like we're on the front foot. It's just that there's a lot of work that needs to be done, and we do need as much support from everyone as we can possibly get. And so what would that support look like? What can people do? Well, you know... There are simple things like sign the Bungalow Traditional Owners Petition uh, and people can find that a link to that on the Friends of the Earth website. It's nuclear.fo.org.au slash waste. Uh, but ideally we would ask people to make uh, much more significant contributions. If people want to get involved in the campaign in Melbourne or Adelaide or elsewhere, you know, that would be really welcome. There are Friends of the Earth groups and, and other campaign groups as well to support so there's a lot of stuff to do and sign up for our, uh, for our regular updates so people know what's going on and how they can contribute. Mm, and I imagine that contacting the new Minister for Resources, Keith Pitt, to say please scrap Canavan's process and take Napandi off the table and start again with an independent inquiry that we've been calling for for years for responsible management of Australia's radioactive waste. So I think pressure on the new minister can only be a good thing even though he probably won't listen, but we could at least be a mosquito. Yeah, I, I would say uh, I would much. I would think it would be much more useful if people would contact uh, the opposition minister because we need to shore up federal Labor support on this issue. Yeah, and that's Melbourne-based Brendan O'Connor. Yeah, he's the relevant minister, Brendan O'Connor, and also the opposition leader, Anthony Albanese. So that would probably be a higher priority than... Right, so there's plenty of stuff that people can do. Thanks so much to Friends of the Earth, Dr Jim Green, for updating us on all things waste dump and ministerial changes. His insights, expertise and perseverance are astounding. We also heard the speech given by Kimber farmer James Shepherdson at the rally held recently in Kimber. Thanks for listening to The Radioactive Show. You can download the podcast of this program at www.3cr.org.au slash radioactive. If you'd like to get in contact, you can email us on radioactiveshow.3cr at gmail.com. The Radioactive Show was produced with the support of Friends of the Earth's Anti-Uranium and Clean Energy Collective for the studios of 3CR Melbourne on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation in Fitzroy, Victoria. It's broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. 
Thanks for listening and tune in again next week for more news and views on nuclear peace and energy issues.